Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Ben, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm hunkered down here, not just in my house, but in my closet to, uh, you know, in the throes of the coronavirus outbreak. And uh, I'm mainly in here for the acoustics, but uh, yeah, I'm making it. How about you? Yeah, doing okay. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we've had times where we you've recorded from your house, and we've had times where I've recorded from my house. But I think this is the first time that both of us recorded from our houses. Correct? Ah, uh, maybe. So, yeah, and pretty much everything is in the houses. So it it's a wild time, but uh, a time that uh, being with being at home with the kids for even even the. Uh, those that you know work full-time jobs outside of their homes, a lot of them are, are at home with the kids. A time that's really trying of patience. Would you would you agree with me in that, Ben? <laughs> I I would say amen to that. Yes. So uh, you know, and it's funny how these times um, can bring out sometimes the worst in us: our sin deep down, our anger deep down towards our kids, and uh, that uh, it's easy to say that you know our kids are driving us crazy in this time. Uh, but uh, something that actually would be helpful for listeners right now in light of that is uh, some thoughts from Chap Bettis, who we've had on the podcast before. Uh, as he's recently uh, written a created a study, a video series even, as an encouragement for parents to fight against anger and to have a patient attitude with their children. So we are blessed again to have Chap Bettis of the Apollos Project joining us again for this podcast today. And Without further ado then, Chap, how have you been this past year and a half? And I want to ask if there's anything new with the Apollos Project right now. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Um, I've been doing good. Yeah, it's been about uh, a year and a half. And, and the biggest thing in our ministry, so we've been uh, speaking and uh, done some more writing, done some more writing with the Gospel Coalition. Um, but the biggest thing, biggest focus was coming out uh, with this resource aimed at um, helping parents develop patience and overcome anger. Yeah, that's good. So. I'm looking forward to the conversation because, like you said, it's, it's very relevant uh, just as, as life circumstances for, have changed for so many people right now. So. Before, uh, Ben, you have your question, I do want to point out that uh, you are a first uh, guest to be on three different times. So uh, hopefully that's an honor to you. So. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Love what you guys do. Yeah. So the you hat were, trick. And if I remember right, uh, Ben, wasn't Chap one of our first guests? Uh, I think it had been, a, well, fairly early on. I think fairly. you met him at a conference, and yeah. uh, he, he graciously agreed to come on. So, anyway, so wonderful. So uh, I knew ahead. you before you were famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must know um, something about the future, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're having a prophecy conference today. Well, so, Chap, we've talked about um, the topic for today, but could you tell us more about this new parenting resource that you've put a lot of work into producing that's now available? Yeah, well, the my, the aim of the Apollos Project is to help parents pass the gospel to their kids. So that's that's the um, 
that's the heart. The disciple making parent is the is the book is the resource that's at the heart of that ministry. And yet, one of the things that um, I I think is a common sin at home uh, is anger. Uh, it was it was my sin, my weakness, or mm. one of them. And uh, and it destroys our testimony to our kids. We feel guilty. We feel shameful, ashamed, and so uh, yeah, just felt burdened to share the the things the Lord had taught me over the years uh, to put them in a format that would be helpful uh, for parents because I know it's a I know it's a common issue. Um, so yeah, the, the result of that is parenting with patience, overcoming anger uh, in the home. And it's really meant to be a, a five-week uh, video-driven Bible study. So it's getting us into the Word to actually to actually interact with the Lord, the Holy Spirit, uh, in the Word as well. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I think I think it's going to be really helpful. I had one one mom say to me, she said, uh, "You could just you could call this marriage with patience or or anything <laughs> like that because uh, and really many of the principles are." biblical principles of overcoming anger, and then we're specifically applying it to uh, to parenting. Yeah, and I, having done the study myself, I can say, uh, yeah, there's a lot of rich wisdom in there, and so I'm um, looking forward to, to dig into this a little bit more with you. Yeah. I, I think you brought up such a great point in how it can really uh, relate to so many different situations, and, and I think that's one of the great things about some of the discussions that we have and especially this kind of topic is often it seemed like uh the parenting the biblical teaching of parenting is just like a handful of passages where parents are directly mentioned as, as instructing their children but instead i think a right understanding of parenting is on is knowing that all of scripture in some way shape or form relates to our discipleship of kids uh, and so I think this is an important way to do it. And again, and if you don't have children, you know, if um, that you're in any situation, I, I think this is really an excellent study. Just replace out children with whatever you're uh, engaging with at the time. So, you know, so it might be even your adult uh, adult parent that, uh, you know, that you're engaging with right now. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think that. And again, I don't want to do a whole study, but but uh, I've had uh, two or three single guys tell me that they were going to do the study. Uh, and again, it, because it's biblical principles of overcoming anger. And yeah, absolutely, it it would apply for for teens dealing with parents. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Why is patience so important, though, in the discipleship of our children specifically? Well, I think one reason is because God has given us children to develop patience, and you can't uh, develop patience without being pressed. Children press us, uh, and uh, you know it's, it's like trying to develop perseverance. You, you, you can only develop perseverance through hardship. You can't just sit in a room and develop perseverance. And so, um, so that's so to say. Okay, yeah, one of the reasons God has given me young children. Uh, older children is to grow me, and they shine a floodlight on my heart, um, where I see lack of patience. I had uh, uh, I had a friend tell me I thought I was a, a pretty patient person until I had children, uh, <laughs> and so you know it presses parts of our heart that we don't see. But then the other thing, which I've already mentioned, 
um, which we we're modeling our faith at home. The first place we live out the gospel is at our home is at our home, and so our our children are watching us. And so if we uh, give into repeated patterns of getting upset, we don't ever work on that. Uh, then our children are observing that. And then one thing, that, you know, I can say to you guys, I know you're in the ministry, you're, you're in youth ministry and have young children, but, you know, those that six-year-old doesn't say, stay six. They eventually become 16 and eventually mm-hmm. become the stage I'm at where they're 26. And they're, they have memories of how uh, you interacted with them at home. And so I just think it's, it's vital that we uh, uh, develop this character quality at home. Yeah. Well said. I think you're so right too about how, you know, children often bring up that impatient, that anger from within us, you know, and it's not that they cause it, but yeah, it's just, it is such a way of doing that. So, you know, even as uh, I think it's easy for parents to want to get out of the house, you know, a lot of both, Ben, both you and I, you know, uh, work outside the home normally, obviously not the case now. Uh, and uh, when we uh, come home, you know, when we're working at home, we see uh, the character that our kids have forced our wives to have to uh, grow in because, you know, it just reveals our own faults in the way that, you know, the secluded piece of working out of an office just doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, make sure you appreciate, uh, if your wife is in that position, make sure you appreciate what she does so much more. Um, So, Chap, we've talked some about the difficulty of uh, having patience, developing patience, because I don't think any of us are just naturally as patient as we need to be. Um, But what what are some of the pressures and, and the things going on in our heart that make it so hard for us to be patient in our family lives? Well, James talks about what causes the fights and quarrels is the desires that ha- that battle within us. So there are we all have those desires. So whether it's uh, a parent who uh, perhaps a, a man who comes home and just wants peace and quiet, or a, a mom who actually just wants to be able to uh, you know take a shower by herself, you know, without <laughs> interruption. <laughs> so you got you got all these. Uh, these desires, which are good, and we can we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, sometimes good, sometimes not good. Um, yeah, those press into our heart, and uh, we'll, we see. Okay, well, this in the moment, I actually I wanted this. A good desire actually becomes a demand, um, which is which is um, it will often res- result in anger coming out. So part of to me, part of our part of our growth is, uh, as Christians, is to uh, be able to handle some of those things that come our way and not get upset and, and be, again, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. And so to, to meet those pressures now where we would have sinned, now to meet them with, with more, patient, more patience. Hmm. Very good. Good work. How does our anger and impatience in the home actually reveal our theology? You know, we're the TFM podcast, theology is at our core, and how does this relate to our theology? Well, I think you, you, we, we have, we have our uh, what we believe is our theology, and then we have our functional theology, mm-hmm. which is the way we really function. Um, you know, I, I laugh sometimes at some of the worship songs and 
say, okay, these are making liars out of me as I'm worshiping right now and I'm singing a song that talks about a heart that desires the Lord. And I say, okay, well, that's where I want to be. That's my aspiration. That's where I aspire to be. But where I'm at actually right now is 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 not there. And so I think in a similar way where we can say things that we believe, we believe they're true. Another thing I would add, though, is to say that I don't actually think we have a clear understanding of anger in terms of our in terms of our theology and so that's uh, we can talk about this right now but to understand okay jesus was righteously angry god is rightful in his anger and so how does that actually how do i live that out when ephesians says in your anger don't sin and so you know how how do i understand anger, whether it's God's anger or my anger, uh, and then how do I act that out? So, I mean, to me, there's a lot there we can talk about. That's good. Yeah, that's helpful, and then we'll get to that in a minute more about anger, having that dual foe and friend role. How do, you've kind of alluded to this already, but how does impatience and anger undermine the way we spiritually guide our children? Well, they're, they're picking up... Mo- they're always uh, picking up how we live more is caught than taught. And so our, our, how we live the gospel at home is vitally important. We're on stage that, and they're living it out. Not that, not that we have, we're living it out, not that we have to be perfect by any means. We need the savior just like them, but there, there is this sense uh, I would suggest, and I think I talked about this in the disciple making parent, that hypocrisy is not so much saying one thing and doing another because we all do that. When none of us lives up to the ethical teaching of the New Testament, um, but we confess our sin, we claim the blood of Christ. Hypocrisy is claiming uh, one thing, doing another, and not caring about it, not growing over time. And so, I, to me, part of what we're we're trying to do is to grow in a way that that our kids can actually see progress in our lives as um, as Christians, to, to be able to say, yeah, I remember my dad was a certain way, and then I, I, yeah, I actually saw over time him grow. So for us to say, yeah, we, we need Christ, we need a Savior, we're growing, we're changing, and then especially as our kids getting older, coming alongside them, uh, putting our arm around them, um, uh, you know, either metaphorically or actually and saying, okay, we're, we're going to defeat this sin together. You're, you're upset. You're angry. I can identify with you as, because that's my sin. And let's talk about how to defeat this sin together. So, um, we're, we're not just the authority. We're also someone walking, following Christ together. So it, it gives us the chance to say, yeah, this is, this is the area that I'm growing in. Yeah. That's very good. You know, and I like that at our, especially at our particular time, you know, the reality is those with kids in the home are raising Gen Zers. So, uh, the, actually, I'm not sure when that will quit. Maybe uh, those who are just having babies are going to be, I don't know what uh, would be after Generation Z because the alphabet ends there. Uh, but uh, regardless, you know, they say Gen Zers are often, you know, they have that kind of hypocrisy meter uh, going crazy and that openness 
uh, with with him, you know, the openness that we're going to work through this together, uh, that and sharing our own faults and our own uh, failures as we're helping them through anger is, I think, so vital in reaching young people and and helping our discipleship to young people. Yeah. So, uh, how can anger? be both a foe and a friend in the discipleship of, of our children? Because I know that's something that you really emphasize in this study, which I think is helpful, because I think sometimes as Christians we can easily see, you know, all kinds of anger are bad, despite the fact that the Bible doesn't encourage a kind of Buddhist mentality of, of getting rid of that kind of reaction. Yeah, I think it's. I think this is really important to understand both the foe and the friend. And I've got chapters in this Bible in the Bible study here on both. The idea with foe is for us to really grasp. I think uh, the destructiveness of uh, anger, and so to see it the sin for which for which it really is. And I, it's so easy, I think, sometimes to excuse my anger. I know there's a category for righteous anger and feel like, oh, mine falls into that so many mm-hmm. times. Well, you know, that's not true. I mean, even the philosopher Aristotle, he, t- he talked about uh, to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose in the right way. That's not, he said, that's not within everybody's power. And I would say, well, that's not within anybody's power. And so when we see that Jesus actually in the Sermon on the Mount condemns uh, says says being angry, uh, wrongly angry is is damnable. People, you're going to hell because you got angry. That's that's just like one manifestation of sin. Then we say, oh oh wow, I need to I need to deal with this. I can't just be in a sin confess sin confess um, cycle. So so I need to see this. Wow, this is a foe. I need to have zero tolerance in in the sense of as I work on myself, confess my sin to my spouse or. Children, but then having said that, to me, one of the things that we're we're missing is to understand that anger is an emotion that that can be given to us to motivate us to act, and that's where we can see in Ephesians four twenty six, where where God says, um, uh, "In your anger, do not sin." And I really, I really like the definition of David Paulson, where he says, "Anger." Is an active t- stance you take to oppose something you assess as important and wrong. An active stance you take to oppose something you assess as important and wrong. And so that's that. Now we can understand how God's anger is a is a attribute of Him, and why as parents we get upset and we say, "Well, actually, no, my child should not have disobeyed me. Uh, my son should have done his homework." And so that that is important and that is wrong and i i shouldn't just confess my sin i need this is actually i need to deal with this so the, so to me those those that's where um understanding that dual nature of anger is both a foe and a friend uh and and honestly to me as we've in a tribe or in a influence to examine the heart and i am all for that and i believe that and, but I worry that sometimes we just start, stop with the faux part and we say, oh, I shouldn't have gotten upset. I shouldn't. And that is true. And yet we also need to say, okay, God's given me this little realm, this little family to rule over. And I need to see what 
something something was wrong in that moment, or, or I should say, may have been wrong in that moment. And so, if if my son doesn't do his homework, and I just say, oh well, well that's something that's wrong with me, and I need to say, okay, what are going to be the consequences, or what's going to be the motivation, so that they'll do their homework, or my children will obey me. Does that make sense? You guys want to follow up on that at all? I think it's a really helpful distinction to make, like you said, because there can be that heavy examination on the heart, looking at desires and motives, uh, which often can go awry. But at the same time, that that was something I found very helpful in the study, um, considering that those things can prompt us to to take action to, and then to go further to make a plan on how to deal with it. Um, and I know one of the things you talk about praying for wisdom uh, being kept from temptation to to actually see some of those things coming to be able to address them before they get to the point of inciting anger uh, and it kind of took me to some places like Colossians 1 and I can't remember if this if you put these in the study or not but in Colossians 1 and Philippians 1 where there's prayers for spiritual wisdom and understanding being able to look at those and assess those uh, and just yeah just looking at it from that angle shaped the way that I was praying and so um, I guess it's not a follow-up question, but just, yeah, I can say that that is a, a good distinction to make. Yeah. Yeah, and some it, what I found in my, my life is that sometimes I was getting upset about the same thing, sort of the same action or deficiency, and I'm saying, okay, this is – God has given me this. I'm assessing that this is important and wrong, and I, I'm the leader of my home. I'm to manage my home well. How, what sort of action are we going to put into place? Consequence, motivation, talking to the heart of the child, new family rule, whatever, putting up something um, that this this is a prompt to act this way. Yeah. Okay, chap. So let's talk. I mean, obviously, we've, we all recognize that anger can be a problem, can also be a prompt to change. But how does that that change actually happen? Yeah, well, what, that's that's a good question. One of the things I'm burdened for is I think so many Christians are caught up in the sin confess, sin confess cycle. So how do we actually, uh, how do we change? How do we put off anger, uh, sinful anger, and put on patience? And yeah, I've got a, the whole chapter on that. Um, Ephesians 4, 20 to 24 talks about the idea that we are to put off the old self to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on the new self. And so that's that's just a, a, a regular pattern that you see in Scripture, which is God will uh, reveal an area that we need to change. And then the, the cycle is putting off, putting in, and putting on. Uh, so I, uh, I need to, to put off, in this case, sinful anger. I need to put in my mind scriptures that will renew my mind, and then I need to put on the patient behavior. You know, that gets into a little bit about, about how to change, but one of the things I've got in the in the workbook is a uh, an anger journal, which is which I got from CCEF uh, and slightly modified, but it, it basically slows us down and says, go back, look at the last incident. So most of us, it's tempting to go from blow up to blow up to blow up. Go back. A journal helps you slow down and says, uh, what was I desiring in the moment? What what happened? What triggered it? 
Uh, what did I say? How did I say? So sometimes that's helpful just to see in black and white and just, just really be embarrassed by. Um, and then what was I desiring? What was, was it sinful? Was it a good desire? Were there rights that I felt like were being violated? Um, and what, what were some of the consequences? And then knowing that God was ruling over those, um, you know, what, what does God say about my reaction? So that would be the the negative and the, the, the circle of folly. And then pr- prayerfully thinking through what's the circle of wisdom? What should have ruled my heart in that moment? Uh, how do I need to undo the harm? And then uh, what plan should I make for my heart or situation? So this is not going to happen again. So it's really slowing things down, not going from blow up to blow up, to, but to really walk through. Um, and say, I actively want to change in the moment. That's that's really, and I, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. That so many are caught in, and I've certainly have been there, am there, and maybe in, in various ways about the uh, sin, confess, but then the actual repenting and changing and turning. Um, a lot of people are caught going, well, how do I do that? And I think this is um, very wise teaching that uh that accords with and first or not first timothy and titus paul tells titus to teach what accords with sound doctrine Mm -hmm. not just the sound doctrine he's assuming but then what what flows out of that i think this is a great example of that what flows from the sound doctrine um that this is this is not complicated theology this is everyday life but I do want to add, you know, obviously Chap is mainly talking about the sin struggle of anger, uh, but those resources and his study uh, are really great thing helps for almost any sin battle. So, uh, and I know even the anger journal, uh, I, I've used a slightly different version of one, I think modified by another pastor friend from what he had uh, got and put in his uh, in the study. Uh, but I've used that kind of thing on pride for myself even, and and it's really amazing how that forces you just even that simple practice can force you to actually get to the heart of your struggle and get to uh, the roots in a sin struggle and that's deep in your heart rather than just dealing with a specific blow up mm-hmm. but uh, then to get uh, you get even more uh, specific and practical to parenting you know I, I list we listened to this and uh, with a study it's this idea of kind of journaling it and following through is so great and helpful. But I know so many parents are probably listening to this uh, where this might be the limit of what they can do while they're getting their kids snack together uh, and uh, <laughs> then and they're about to blow up at their child for, for not wanting that snack that they worked hard at. So how do we practically battle against sinful anger in our parenting, especially when we don't have uh, right now the time to really sit down and do that kind of process? Well, I think you hit on the uh, the nail on the head there because uh, part of it is if I'm convinced that that this is a real foe to fight or a friend that I need to analyze, then I'm then I then I'm going to back up and and analyze and say what what is going on. So you know, in, in the in the chapter on practical thinking, just taking some time to think about what are the parenting challenges I am facing, taking taking time to create the plan. So, for example, if you're saying, uh, in, in, in that case, you know, you've got, you've got a child who's complaining or, uh, and that, that causes you to get upset. Well, on one hand, I need to grow, I need to prep 
that I, at this point in my life, I've got a complaining child. Okay. That's where I'm at. That doesn't give me an excuse to blow up. Um, and yet at the same time, I want to, so at the same time, I'm growing in patience, praying for patience, uh, preparing to be tempted. At the same time, I want to say, hmm, what plan, what consequence will we put in place so that we can we can train our children from complaining to thankfulness? So to me, I, I see it both. I'm going after my heart. And then uh, if it's a if it's a good desire that I should have, which is to train my children in thankfulness, then I'm also going to think about how can I come up with a plan? And I mean, and then that just gets into parenting 101. And too often, I think sometimes parents and I did this too. my, my wife and did this at times. We use words when we should be using actions. Um, and so we just because we don't have a plan, our voice gets higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Um, uh-huh. And then the, the kids, you know, run away and we say, oh, problem solved. Well, no, pro- the problem wasn't solved. But but for yeah. the moment it was, but it, it, it wasn't for the long term. So we need to say, what 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 was I just facing? Oh, I've got complaining children. Actually, that's a pattern in our family. Okay, how can we work to train our kids this way? Yeah, I can't remember if it was you or someone else that you know, using anger in your parenting is not actually a strategy. Some view it that way, just the elevated voice and menacing face, um, but that's not actually a strategy that's that solves the issue. Um, so just as a follow-up question to that, how any tips on people looking to make fitting consequences um, or – motivations, that kind of thing related to uh, what it is you're trying to train train the child in to then help prevent your own anger? Yeah, so I'm working actually uh, videotaping this right now. I've got a Parenting 101 course. I call it Parenting with Confidence um, that we could just, we could talk on those things all the time. I mean, it really kind of depends on the age of our our children and it's with us, with the plan. One of the things that I did that really saved our marriage. It wasn't my idea. Somebody gave it to us, but we, we would write issues we were facing in a notebook. And then every other week, Sharon and I would go out for coffee and say, what are, what are the issues we're facing right now? And so it allowed us to say, okay, I need to, let's go back to our complaining child. Um, I need to, in the moment, I'm just going to hold my temper but I am going to write it down so that my spouse and I, if we go out or if you're a single, single parent, when I take some time back and can think through this, I'm going to come up with a consequence because it's, what's easiest to, what's easy to do sometimes is the anger can drive us into too much of a consequence. Like you're grounded for life or I'm never making you <laughs> a sandwich again. You know, really you're a parent. You're never going to make, make your child a sandwich again. No, of course you are. So, so to be able to back up and go at, at, with a shepherd's meat, in a church and that's how they shepherd the flock. Well, well, mom and dad are shepherds and I think we should meet and go over what are the issues we're facing. And so then in that case to say, okay, we have a complaining child. We talk about this in parenting with confidence, character chart, or, you know, you could just say, um, uh, you know, when there's lack of thankfulness, um, Okay, there's no whatever whether that was that snack or often if there was just general complaining, we would isolate our child for three minutes, put them on the dreaded blue chair, set the timer for three minutes, and then they had to come back and ask the right way. Um, 
So I think there's 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 different depending on the issue you're you know you're facing to to let the anger say I got I have to deal with this. What what am I facing right now? And then okay, what what's going to be the consequence? And then we're just going as 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 a parent, I'm going to um, we're going to make this a campaign and say, hey, honey, you know. You've developed. You've you've done a, started doing a lot of complaining. I've let you get away with that. I've found myself getting upset, but here's here's what we're doing going forward. Um, so every time, every you know every time you um, complain, we're just going to send you to that to the blue chair, and then you can come back and ask the right way. Um, and that's what we're going to do because we not because we're mad, but because mm-hmm. we love you, and you, you, there need to be some consequences to this complaining. And, but then also, and now I'm getting onto the whole other series, but, but just the idea of going after the heart. You know, God wants us to be thankful. And you know what? If you catch me being complaining, you can tell me because I want to be a thankful parent as well. So, so just this idea of we're all as a family working on Thanksgiving, not complaining. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's Good awesome. Words. Yeah, that's really great. So I, I think really be very helpful for every one of our listeners. Uh, but one thing, you know, I, I want to add a thought I had, you know, as you were talking about that and the ways that, you know, anger and responding by yelling, for example, is not really solving the issue. It's not, you know, it's not a strategy. Uh, but those kind of sins of anger and parenting can be like like even the sins of the Israelites. Uh, I'm working through numbers with our, our teens, and uh, it, i just reminded of when uh, in the desert, when they're wandering in the desert, and they got sick of the uh, that they got sick of the food that God had provided, literally from the sky, and, and they just whine that uh, get prepared to go back to get some cucumber in Egypt, even though they weren't thinking about the strategy, because because the, if they had thought through the process, they would have known that you know I'm going to be beaten by my slave masters down there too. So, uh, but it is funny how sin is always like that. You know, it doesn't sin so often doesn't really have a strategy. It's just kind of very impulsive and uh, just kind of the overflow of the the whims of sin in our heart so well and to add to that I, that's really you guys make a really good point I mean James 120 says the same thing that the sinfulness of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God and what's what is deceiving is for parents of young children it actually seems to so in the moment a yell they get quiet. And I think, oh, it's working. But we're sowing seeds of discord, and we're not actually binding. And, and, and they're not changing out of out of love for the Lord, love for you. They're changing out of fear. So yeah, that's that 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 will come back. That you know, the the child who is the parent of the young child who's yelling. That that's going to come back to haunt them in the teen years yeah. and later. Yeah, I do do want to add, you know, you mentioned the teen years, but I actually know of situations where parents have have brought to me, even for young kids, that, you know, the yelling responses just taught them how to hide their, hide these behaviors, you know, uh, certain things they didn't want them to do, how to do them, you know, in ways that the parent doesn't notice it rather than actually deal with the issue, too. That's a good point. So, Chep, how can churches use this Parenting with Patients resource? How do you uh, hope that they will or uh, have suggestions that they might make use of it? Yeah, so it's uh, uh, it's priced so that it's can be you can and should be used individually. So there's there's uh, it's a workbook. So there's there's five uh, videos which I want to offer your listeners for free. Um, so the videos are online streaming. So you can think Netflix. 
and there's there's five different units, uh, and then between those five units are five different devotionals, so a total of 25 devotionals, because we change when we get in the Word, when we're convicted, uh, when we're interacting with the Lord, with the Word opened ourselves, not just listening to a video. So I know a number of churches where there's some women's groups meeting, um, I know some uh, married, some couples groups that are meeting. Um, so the yeah, that's that's a way the church can do it. And um, maybe I'll mention here. Happy to give your listeners the videos for free if if they will purchase a copy at Amazon and then email my assistant Melanie. Um, the uh, email address is admin at theapollosproject.com. So if you can put that in the show notes, but admin at theapollosproject.com. And we'll be happy to send you the videos for free. That's outstanding. So, Very good deal. Yeah, very good. So then the next question I'm about to ask actually might be have the shortest answer of any question that I've asked in the history of the podcast, especially because I would know the answer personally because I did it myself. So can listeners do this study on their own or with a smaller group? Do they have to be in kind of the big group setting that has been mentioned repeatedly? No, absolutely not. So it's, you know, often I think as, as Christians, we kind of flounder around, we're reading somewhere, and we don't, or we're not reading in the Word, and we don't know, we, or we are reading, and we don't know why. why. So yeah, this, this is a perfect devotional study. Uh, get the videos, get the workbook, and it's, it's five weeks. So you can absolutely, you can do that on your own or with a small group. Very good. So how about as far as uh, the course itself, um, people are interested, um, what more could you tell them about how to access that, how to purchase that? Um, you also you made the, the offer just a minute ago about you know, getting those for free, but um, where can they go to to see that more? Yeah, so the, the workbook is on Amazon, Parenting with Patients, or you can just uh, search uh, Amazon by my name, Chap Bettis. And for the videos, I put them on a streaming service, and if they will just um, uh, go to the website ApollosU, A-P-O-L-L-O-S-U, as in ApollosUniversity.com, and that will direct them to uh, our video resources. At this moment, it's Parenting with Patience. That's the only video resource there at this moment, but I'm actively working on others. And again, um, there's there's prices at ApollosU.com, so there's prices there for those courses, but I'm happy to give uh give the the basic course the one year uh, access to the videos simply email melanie admin at the and with the receipt from amazon all right chap thank you for joining us for this discussion today okay good to see you guys again keep pressing on i hope i know our church is being challenged financially by the not meeting so yeah. i know it's pressing a lot of people uh, listeners, thank you for joining us for this discussion. So hopefully this has not been trying of your patience uh, during this time. So uh, thanks, and thanks for having this discussion with me, Ben. Yes, I enjoyed it, man. I'm glad you uh, got it set up. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.